0: My name's Steve, I'm part of the leadership team here. If you are a guest, let me extend my welcome to you as well. We're going to come back and and sing again in a moment, and then we're going to hear some baptism stories, uh, which is great, before we head down the uh, end uh, where we have water, um, and we'll baptise down the end. Not only do we have water, but we've got tea and coffee and cake and biscuits and things as well. Um, So it's just a win-win all round. We're we're so glad to have you with us. Um, We're praying as well for Valentina, who's a part of the church here, but also... uh, serving uh, with the Everyday Online Church, Initiative Everyday Serkov, reaching 250 million Russian speakers. Um, she'll be online this afternoon with the Online Church into, into Russia. But they're launching small groups today, which is exciting, isn't it? So we're praying for Valentina particularly as they, uh, as they get going with that. So this morning, just for a few minutes, I've got a, an opening of our Unstoppable God uh, preaching series that we'll be running with through uh, on and off through to the, the summer. Um, we've been talking in this church family about a, a, a vision uh, for the kind of church God's calling us to be as we move forward towards the year 2020. Part of that vision is for us to grow in confidence as followers of Jesus Christ, in praying for more people outside of the church, outside of these four walls, to encounter the presence and the person of Jesus, more people to be healed because Jesus still today for me personally. I felt God speak to me about the personal challenge in the year 2020 of praying for more than 1500 people in that way. And the question we've been asking ourselves quite rightly as I look at myself and as we look at one another is how do we move from the kind of people we are now with our current uh, inconsistent courage, um, sometime fear, um, general sense of powerlessness and inadequacy. How do we move from that place to the kind of people, the kind of unstoppable kingdom people we believe Jesus has called us to be? Part of that answer is found in this equipping teaching series, I think, Unstoppable God. We're going to look at all the healing miracles of Jesus through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the eyewitness accounts of the, of the life and times of, of Jesus Christ. We're going to engage with them on our Sundays Uh, We're going to preach them in our prayer meetings uh, as well. We're we're simply going to ask Jesus to heal amongst us each week. Um, And we trust as we do so, amen, that we'll grow, I will grow, you will grow in personal courage as we learn from these stories. We'll learn about words like faith and doubt. We'll learn how to pray and what's helpful and what's not helpful. We'll learn to discern between sickness that is kind of organic, natural in origin, and sickness that the Bible says is demonic in origin. That may be an unusual way of thinking for some of us in the 21st century, but the Bible worldview, and we, we receive our teaching as followers of Jesus from the Bible, shows that um, shows a kind of a dual worldview, where there is stuff uh, uh, that is, is both spiritual and physical, um, This series will also lead us towards our Love Crawley outreach that we're doing at the end of June, 23rd to 25th of June, a Friday, Saturday and Sunday, where we'll be inviting all of you. Yeah, all of you, actually, as many as want to come to join a team uh, with the likes of people that wear shirts like these. Um, And um, we'll meet on the Friday and the Saturday, take a day off work, uh, bring your kids, bring your sandwiches. No, we'll do some food, I'm sure. Uh, And uh, and we'll, we'll pray, we'll worship, we'll do some simple equipping in here in the mornings. And then in the afternoons, we'll head out into the town centre and we'll do what we call prophetic evangelism. We'll ask ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to people that Jesus wants to speak to. We'll pray for the sick. We'll do all those kinds of things. Of course, the, the, the peak of that weekend is that everyone that we meet over the Friday and Saturday, we're going to invite to our Sunday morning meeting, which won't be in these four walls, but will be in the memorial gardens in the middle of town. Uh, where we'll worship, we'll preach the gospel, we'll heal the sick, and we'll feed cruelly. Anyone that comes is going to get a burger or something amazing uh, afterwards. We're not quite sure how we're doing that yet. I think we've got a meeting in town tomorrow with the town centre team from the, from the council. Um, I think if we engage with these scriptures, some of which we're even going to look at for a few minutes this morning, if we take God at his word, if we step out um, into this, this June weekend and see it as a training opportunity, I think we'll grow in Kingdom Courage this year, never mind on our way towards the year 2020. As an American uh, pastor who was so helpful to us in our family of churches, the New Frontiers family of churches, particularly when I was a boy growing up in the 80s, used to come over, really helped us grow in our understanding of what the Bible teaches about the kingdom of God and healing. John Wimber uh, was a a musician. He was saved uh, in the the 60s. He described himself as a beer-guzzling, drug-abusing pop musician, he was converted, I think he was age 29. Um, he was going to some Bible studies run by the Quakers. And he used to chain smoke his way through their meetings, but his, his heart was gripped by Jesus Christ. Um, he soon became a, um, a voracious reader of the Bible, couldn't put the Bible down. And after a few weeks of reading about the life changing miracles in the Bible, and then on Sundays going to really boring church services in his local church, he, he uh, plucked up the courage to go and ask one of the leaders in the church, he, he said, uh, Hey, uh, pastor, when do we get to do the stuff? Um, and uh, the pastor said, what, 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 what stuff do you mean? Um, thinking, oh, someone for the tea and coffee wrote her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and John said, you know, the stuff, the stuff that Jesus did, like healing the sick, raising the dead, opening the eyes of the, of, the, of the blind, stuff like that. The pastor said to him, sadly, hey, we don't do that kind of stuff anymore. That happened back then in the Bible days. What we do now is what goes on in our services. John Wimber replied to him, you mean I gave up drugs for this? (laughs) Um, It's a true story. Um, You may say you're not the kind of radical kingdom of God person that John Wimber was. Um, You may think you could never do this kind of thing, live this kind of way. Uh, but we're disciples of Jesus Christ. We're called to be his followers. And followers of Jesus are called to live this way. You can't read the Bible and ignore that. The problem, friends, is not with the scriptures. Um, it's with our lack of obedience and our courage towards them. We've been, uh, there's a phrase up in our prayer room we were preaching through some of the kingdom cultures last year. The phrase we've been using and praying is, you never can tell in the plan of God where simple steps of courageous obedience might take you. I think we've got some simple steps that we could agree to take together these next few months that will force us to face up to some change, to deal with some disappointment, to leave behind some lack of experience, rather than just kind of sweeping that stuff under the carpet. So this morning, just a very brief overview. Uh, Then next Sunday morning and evening, we've got our boiler room prayer meeting, but we're we're just shifting around uh, the format of our prayer meetings a little bit on the Sunday nights. We're going to preach from our Unstoppable God series uh, the band are going to lead us in some worship. really encourage you, if you've not yet accessed those prayer meetings, it's, it's, it's going to feel a little bit like a Sunday night meeting, uh, and so I'd encourage you to come morning and evening next week. What do we think about these miracles? Well, agnostics, atheists, modern thinkers have, uh, in every generation, have, have been trying to explain away the miracles that we read about in the New Testament in the Bible. However, you can't argue with the fact that the supernatural uh, is soaked into every page of these stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, these eyewitness accounts of what Jesus did. For others, many that are really good believers, good followers of Jesus, maybe like the pastor in John Wimber's church, they've been trained to view the scriptures as a lens through how we see how God used to work back in the days of the Bible. These are, be- these are Christians who believe these stories are true, they're wonderful. They show us who Jesus is, but they show us who Jesus was. They don't believe that God would still work that way today, especially through the likes of you and me. That was something that God did to get the church started. That, that view, theologians would call cessationism. God has ceased working in that way through the church by his Holy Spirit today. I would think for many of us in our kinds of churches, we, we, we're not cessationists. We, we believe God does work this way. We read the stories and we say, yes, um, But more often than not, our disappointment, I prayed for someone once and nothing happened, or our our lack of experience, I could never really do that, means that in effect we live as though we are either agnostics or we are cessationists. But before us in the Gospels, we find a saviour who's just supernatural through and through. His birth, his life, his actions, his words, his character, um, his death, his resurrection, his ascension hugely supernatural. Before us too we find a saviour who deliberately trains and sends and expects his followers, you and me, if we're followers of Jesus, to live and walk in the same power. We find a saviour in the gospels who promises that in the coming age of the Holy Spirit, and we're in that age now, Jesus has ascended, he sent his Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that. He promises that in this age of the Spirit, followers of Jesus will do even greater things than he did because he's going to the Father. That's what John's Gospel, John fourteen twelve, tells us. So each Sunday, we're going to just work through the healing miracles uh, and the deliverance miracles. That's where people are set free from uh, demonic spiritual pressure, where sickness is, is, is rooted in that kind of issue. We're just going to work through them in order and get the amazing, multicoloured, glorious stories of the life and times of Jesus. Today, I just want to open uh, up with some simple ideas that stir fresh faith in our hearts about this unstoppable saviour, Jesus I just want to ask the question, how many miracles did Jesus do? The, uh, that's a rhetorical question. You could shout out some answers, but the, the real answer is we, we don't really know. Um, the truth is you can't actually count them up. There are too many to number. Maybe you're familiar with some of the amazing remarkable individual healing stories that you find and we're going to look at them week after week but so many of the healing miracles that Jesus did are referred to collectively um, they're almost at the end of uh, the stories through the gospels like remarkable little footnotes um, before he moves on to the next part of the story we can miss them let me go through some of them now with you just briefly for a, a few minutes Matthew four twenty-three. I think they'll appear on the screen if you haven't got a bible I've put some capital letters in for you Matthew 4 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain and demon-possessed, those who were having seizures and the paralysed and he healed them My capital letters, but just so that we don't miss it, we notice it there. Matthew 9, 35. Here's another little summary statement. Jesus went through all the towns and villages. How many of the towns and villages? All of them. Yeah, absolutely. Loads of places. Teaching in their synagogues. That's where the Jews gathered on the Saturday, on the Sabbath, for their worship, to read the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus went through all their towns. He preached the good news of the kingdom and healed every disease and sickness. It is remarkable. The implication in these verses is not that everyone who came to him was healed, although I think we can assume that probably was the case, but that there were no kinds of sickness, no kinds of demonic pressure and oppression that were immune to the authority of Jesus. Wherever he went, every type of sickness and demonic pressure was released as Jesus came amongst them. Maybe you know the the famous story of the feeding of the 5,000. If you only know one story about Jesus, that's often the one people will have heard about. But before uh, he fed the 5,000, he healed them. Matthew 14, 14, Jesus landed... Um, on a boat, uh, came to the hillside and saw a large crowd. We, we know they just counted the men in those days. There were around 5,000 men, so probably somewhere with women and children between fifteen and 20,000 people. The whole story is just incredible. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, fifteen to 20,000 people, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. I, I can't begin to imagine what, what that moment must have been like on the mountainside And that's before he then goes on and multiplies loaves and fishes and feeds the crowd with actual food. Um, Jesus is just incredible. Soon after this, Mark's Gospel, Mark 6, 54, 56 tells us, As soon as they got out of the boat, that's Jesus and his disciples, people recognised Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or the countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces, they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. Wow. All who touched him were healed. As I'm beginning to pray about us growing in this stuff, as I dream and think already about the end of June out in the marketplace of Crawley, may it be a description of what that weekend looks like at the end of June. Uh, may it be that, that, that people are so desperate to get near Jesus, that they heard he really is in town that they bring their sick, their broken, their disappointed, that they come and get carried to Jesus. May it be that with our ordinary lives as followers of Jesus, we shine with such a light as we've been hearing this morning, that people find the truth about Jesus in us and get to touch him and get to be set free and healed and have their whole lives mended by coming into relationship with him. It says that all who touched Jesus were healed, that every single one who touched him was healed we're getting better at praying for the sick, we're learning some stuff. I've got a list of hundreds of healing miracles on my iPad over the last 10-15 years or so, but I have to say there have been many more not healed when I've prayed for them than those that have been healed. I'm thrilled about the ones that have been, but there are many more that are not. And if you, if you receive healing prayer this morning, uh, we're, we're taking you to Jesus, but, but we're learning together. All who came to Jesus were healed. Every single one. When someone meets with Jesus, they never go away disappointed. They never go away from touching him uh, without receiving something from him. Maybe for you this morning, you need to come afresh in that way and meet Jesus in that way. Don't, let, don't, don't hesitate today. Reach out today. They, it says they were trying even to reach the hem of his, of his cloak in order that, that they might receive something from him. Don't hold back today as we come to Jesus. Don't let your lack of experience, or your sense of unworthiness, or the fact that you've been disappointed before. Don't let that stop you coming to Jesus Christ today. If you're you're British, from a British culture, don't let our natural British hesitancy and stoicism, oh, I'll just grin and bear it. Don't let that stop you coming to Jesus today. I love the Hebrew Bible. These guys from the Middle East, when Jesus was in town, they ran towards him. They shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. They made a noise. The Brits would have been a little embarrassed and would have tutted and turned their heads. Uh, like we do. Don't, don't let any of that stop you, whatever your culture or background this morning. Church, let's run to Jesus. Let's see what he might do as we stretch out and touch him. Let's just do one or two more. Um, before his amazing uh, teaching on the Sermon on the, uh, that we call the Sermon on the Mount, Luke's Gospel, Luke 6, 17, uh, tells us, Jesus went down with them, his disciples, and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. Uh, we, we could spend all morning unpacking that passage. I don't know what that means to say that they could notice that power was coming out from Jesus. I don't know what that looked like, other than people that were bent and stooped and broken or covered with leprosy or whatever as they get near Jesus, suddenly they're not anymore. Other than people that are walking with sticks, suddenly as they get near Jesus, don't need their stick anymore. I don't know what power coming out from Jesus looks like, other than it was evidently, manifestly obvious to the writer of the Gospel that he could say when people came near Jesus there was so much power around that all their sick were healed as they came to him. Maybe just one more, Luke 7, 21. John the Baptist, John was the cousin of Jesus and the the forerunner, he was a prophet, the one to prepare the way for Jesus. John's in prison, he's wondering, is Jesus really the one that we were expecting? Are you really the Messiah? If, If you're wondering what the answer to that question is, Jesus gives it. In Luke 721. At that time Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. The word many comes out a lot in the Gospels because there are so many moments where Jesus is doing wonderful things. When we get to the end of John's Gospels, he John's Gospel, he summarizes the life and ministry of Jesus, just after the most amazing miracle in the Bible, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. John uh, chapter 20, verse 30, tells us, Jesus did, like a footnote this, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and uh, so that you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Saviour, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life, his name. Maybe you're hearing some of these stories for the first time this morning. Maybe you're going to get healed this morning as we worship and pray. But the most important thing is that all these signs, we've been hearing about signs, point towards Jesus Christ and your need and my need to come into a relationship with him and have life in him. Many believers are imprisoned in their minds, like John the Baptist was physically imprisoned. Many of us are not sure. We don't believe fully Jesus is who he says he is, because of our own life and our own circumstances haven't turned out quite as we thought. Some are even under strongholds, enemy grip, um, because of, of, of what we call unbelief. We're believers, but we don't believe that Jesus really is who he says he is. Um, the first church we planted, um, a lady called Sophie had a fibroid in her womb so big that she looked six or seven months pregnant. She wasn't pregnant. She was in her early 30s. And the consultants had told her, you'll have to have a hysterectomy, have everything taken out. She didn't want to do that. I was at a new small group with, that we'd started with Sophie in it and a load of uh, Christians from African backgrounds. Sophie was as well. And they prayed for her. A couple of weeks later, I was back with that group. And uh, Sophie said, I've been to see the consultant. He says the fibroid is shrinking. Uh, and everyone around me was whooping and cheering. And, and I'm the pastor. I was sat there. I was stunned. And there's there was a, a nurse and a surgeon uh, in, in the room and I said to them do, do these things just kind of do they, do they go do they shrink anyway is that you know sometimes is there a natural shrinkage in these things and they were saying no no that doesn't happen they only grow and, and the room went quiet and Sophie looked at me uh, and remember she's from an African background she's very respectful of the, of the role of the pastor um, and she looked at me across she cut across the room she it was a courageous moment she pointed at me like I'm pointing at Dave Swan now and she said pastor you must believe the Lord is here and it was—it was, I have to say it was a genuine kind of deliverance moment in that I realised I'd come under unbelief. I'd prayed for a load of people in the years up to that and really seen very little breakthrough. I'd allowed fear, I'd allowed my lack of experience to open a little door in my heart uh, that had allowed unbelief to take root. And worse than that, I was leading others in that sin of unbelief. Uh, and as Sophie wagged her finger at me, I, I repented, I turned away. From my wrong mindset, I brought myself into line with what the Bible says about who Jesus is. I came again with a weak and childlike faith, and I promised to begin trusting Him and wanting to learn to trust Him in this area of healing and deliverance. As I said, that was around 15 years ago. I've I've got hundreds of stories since then in my notebook of amazing breakthroughs from the Lord Jesus. Friends, as I wrap it up this morning, um, and maybe uh, can you come and help us again just for a few minutes? We we are invited to come out of. Any kind of imprisonment in our unbelief, we are welcomed into adventure in His name. We don't know how many miracles Jesus did in reality, but the truth is He's still doing them today um, through people like us. John says it best at the very end of his gospel, John 21:25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Friends, Jesus has new pages to write through people like you and me. Teenagers, in your 20s, 30s, maybe you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, hey, even 90s. Jesus has new pages, new chapters to write in this area of courageous obedience to the mission of the kingdom. You may feel with me like you're on the first page, but if if we need to repent, let's repent. Let's leave the prison of unbelief and disappointment. Let's grab hold with Childlike faith again of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be like that John Wimber guy I told you about early with his desire to simply do the stuff. Let's see where this unstoppable God takes us with these simple steps of kingdom obedience. Amen. Why don't we stand? I'm just going to pray a prayer. Can I pray a prayer? Just get, if you want to pray with me, just lift your hands up to God. All that means, it's just a sign we're open to him. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, don't worry. You can just watch us pray. But you're welcome to pray with us. Lord, where there's been unbelief in our hearts as followers of Jesus Christ, Christ, we repent of it now. Where we've allowed that little door to open and a little grip to come in, we repent of it now. We, I rebuke unbelief now in the name of Jesus. Lord, may we have a wonderful childlike naivety in that we simply trust Jesus. To take, we take you at your word. We expect you to do things, not because we know what we're doing, not because of our great track record, but because we've met the Jesus of the Bible. So, God, we put down unbelief. We turn from it. We welcome now, even as we sing and respond, the gift of faith. We come to you again. We believe that not only could you use the people around us, but you could use me. Uh, Lord, begin to write new books, write new pages. Start today. Release healing in and through us now, even on this Baptism Sunday. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just gonna ask the guys to sing a song. And we'll just take five minutes to respond before we hear the baptism stories.